0: Oh, hello, my name is Jack Oatlay. And I'm Jay Outway. And we welcome you back to another episode of Like Dragon, Like Son. Yeah, we're a
1: father-son podcast. That's right. Talking about all things D&D. Yeah, a Dungeons & Dragons podcast. Um, and, you know, a lot of people, when they think about Dungeons and & Dragons, and they think about character builds in particular, and you see a lot of this on the internet to these days, there's a lot of people out there optimizing character builds. Yeah. And they're usually optimizing them to do maximum damage how much damage can i do per millisecond with my character exactly dps baby damage per second or damage per round or i've whatever. seen
0: builds where people are taking like four actions in one turn and doing 2000 damage and All sorts of crazy stuff.
1: And so we're not unpacking that today. No, because you know what? There's lots of other podcasts who are doing that. We're going to do the thing the other podcasts aren't doing. Is how to make the most OP support person ever. We're going to teach you how to do a a character that does no damage per round. Zero zippo not a nothing
0: or if you're feeling bad that you're like maybe hey i'm not doing as much damage as i want to be what else can you do on your turn to make sure everyone else
1: is sure sure this could also apply to any character who for whatever reason has been disarmed uh tied up out of spill uh, slots whatever some, yeah. yeah maybe you've you're, you've been pl- fighting a lot and you're really tapped out you're like what can i do i'm so used to being mr damage dealer how do i play a non-damage dealer and to this end i would recommend everybody out there try to play a non-damage dealer um, to try to play like how do I go through a whole round of combat without doing damage and not feel useless at the table mm. So I think that's what everybody was like really afraid of right yeah you know, think my turn's gonna come and go and I'm not gonna do-, do anything and I'm gonna be useless. And I've seen this in actual plays where you can see the disappointment in the player's face when they're like my character's just not getting they missed all their their attack rolls and succeed in the
0: DC against the spell and they're just whatever like, it might Ugh. Be.
1: and then they're kind of bummed and I'm like okay I, I kind of get that you know we get caught up in that sort of gameplay it's certainly out there but i play a character in a campaign now that is literally built uh with not like basically to do no damage he, he does have a backup dagger just in case but essentially no weapons and no attack spells
0: Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's totally viable now. I mean, immediately some classes jump to mind maybe but that are more utility-based or like that can provide other things um, to the party, right? I mean, classically you think the cleric with their immense healing p- potential with the life cleric can sure. keep everyone well, alive. This but.
1: is a cleric, but this isn't a life cleric. This is yeah. a knowledge cleric, mm. right? Which is kind of an odd one because you basically are the super smart character. So he's basically an, inte- <clears throat> sorry, an intelligence wisdom build. Mm. Uh, bit of dex, bit of constitution, of course. Um, strength is basically his big dump stat, and um, and for his cantrips, there's uh, no sacred flames or uh, you know chill touch or any of that good stuff. Actually, chill touch isn't a cantrip, is it? It is a cantrip. It is. All right, all right. Um, see, that's how bad I am with my uh, cleric <laughs> cantrips. Uh, the cantrips he does have is thaumaturgy, which is really great for rattling windows and making spooky sounds. And so he uses that sure. for distraction purposes or um, to try and frighten or scare things, or I don't know, I use that as creatively as I can. I have, I've used that in combat a few times. Uh, and uh, he's got mending, also not a great uh, cantrip for uh, almost anything really. It is purely social interaction role play value. Um, and, um, last but not least, uh, do you remember? (laughs) Sorry, I've gone blank suddenly. Um, it's all right. I mean, still serving the point though that we, we don't, is it Spare the Dying? Did you say Spare the Dying? Nope, I don't have Spare the Dying. Nothing good like that. It's not... It's uh, all the cantrips are, are kind of useless, um, <laughs> but that was kind of the point. Like the idea was we're starting with a character that was essentially a shopkeeper. And then here, mm. sorry, my apologies to you in Radioland who were asking, why doesn't he have the character sheet up in front of him? I now do. Very true. Um, and it's guidance. Now, guidance on the other hand is a powerful go-to spell. I mean, and I make it such a go-to spell that I'm ensuring that there's almost never an ability check performed at the table that doesn't have an extra D four on it. Mm. Um, and, and that's really, if you've got, you know, something like this, like if you are playing a character, that's all about support and not about damage, then just got to lean in. You got to really lean into the support role. Yeah. Um, in combat bless is a big, big deal getting everybody else giving them all an extra d4 to attack is super fun sure um but those are still not the biggest things that he does his i make great use of the spell sanctuary which which of course is one of those very like fragile spells that only works uh if you decide not to do any sort of damage or hurt anybody or affect them with a spell mm-hmm which is very—it's very tempting to do one of those things, right? So you can. There are some things you can do. You can take the help action, uh, right? And that will give somebody else advantage on their attack, and or we in our games we play uh, at a table with minis, um, and we use flanking rules uh, so that if I with my sanctuary up and a pretty decent AC, and I take the dodge action, I can pretty much stand right next to a baddie and not really get hit by them. Meanwhile, my friends and co-players can uh, position themselves on the opposite side of the enemy from me and get advantage for flanking. And so I can still be an effective piece on the board strategically uh, in terms of w- how I set up where I play to make sure the other people around me are getting advantage on their attacks or if I can get Bless up as well, getting advantage and an extra D4. Yeah.
0: Uh,
1: and the D- extra D4 also works on their saves as well. So at, uh, that can really help. And as you get higher in level, you can keep upcasting Bless until you've got enough oomph on it to bless everybody in your party. And then you don't need to worry about anyone feeling left out from your from your support love um and then of course i always keep a few spell slots around because you know the ultimate support role of your cleric is still you know healing people when they go down uh for which i'm always a big fan of healing word uh, i know it doesn't have as much hp kick to it to get people back on their feet um but just the bonus action
0: nature of it is just bonus action nature
1: and you can be 30 feet away mm. and you can get them up on their their feet without having to get right next to them which yeah when you're a gnome and can only move 25 feet is kind of great yeah it is great my range of my healing words better than my movement
0: true and there's something subtle about that that we don't even think about did you mention that you can run around and help pick up items that people drop i mean that's really something that i never even thought about in terms of helping people out and how frustrating it can be in fights when you're wanting to switch between weapons absolutely and so it, you just can't we do got it. a
1: couple of players who are really good at switching between really good at both attacking with melee and range attack Mm. Um, and the fights that we're in are often dynamic and kind of fluid and very running and moving and for these characters to go from using a bow to using two weapon attacks
0: Mm.
1: the only way that you can do that without burning a whole round getting weapons out and stowing them uh, is just to drop it and go now that normally really sucks because then the weapon is left behind except when you've got a character like mine who's doesn't have a lot much else to do on their turn. So uh, he's running around, gathering it up and then bringing it back over to the, to the player who had dropped it, um, who then at some point can switch back, uh, Mm -hmm. if they need to later in the fight and once again, go back to range attacks. Um, and that idea of almost being like a squire in those sense, in that sense is in those instances has proven really effective in combat. Um, Giving our other players a lot more, you know, versatility and flexibility in what they can do than if I had been doing, you know, my own attacks on yeah, that turn. Yeah. And I think there's an interesting thing, like joy that I've discovered in playing that. There's, um, you know, it can be very selfish when you start thinking about your turn and what you're going to do on your turn. Mm-hmm. Whereas when your entire turn is based on what am I going to do to help everybody else on my turn yeah um you know who needs me where can i go to to assist um but there's other fun ideas as well as just picking this up like the idea of like could i can i do something that helps make cover for people or can i do something that in one case there was a two entrances to a room we broke through one entrance some ran around to the other entrance it was locked i used my turn in action to free up the back door and let people in so that then we suddenly had uh you know party attacking from both directions you know spending your turn object interacting moving stuff around um using thaumaturgy to open or shut doors or windows or Mm. uh to shake the ground or to illuminate lights or whatever you think you can do with it coming up with all sorts of ideas um that's sort of what I, I spend the every every round doing, and I know for a lot of people that'd be like, you might be thinking, "Oh my God, that's that sounds terribly boring," um, but I, I assure you, it isn't. I my time between turns is is very, I find it's very intense amounts of thinking because I'm I have the level of creativity to come up with how to be how to be really valuable and useful when I'm not just rolling dice and doing math yeah um i mean definitely like it's more unique than just casting eldritch blast
0: every turn you know or making an attack with your longsword every turn or whatever it might be you know there's always this thought process of am i helping am i dodging am i making you know terrain more accessible what am i doing to help my party this turn and there's different ways that then is reflected in certain classes which embody these aspects of support more than just the constant source of healing right which I think people too often assume is the only form of support that someone should bring to their party right that everyone else is responsible for their own things then from then on right and you put your party healer and that's it right but that's not even the case I mean there's so much more to support that you don't even think about in terms of vast swaths of the game like through guidance or through inspiration or through all these other things that you give um especially thinking about bards and and things like that that can just like turn the tide in a lot of situations uh in terms of just making your party even stronger right um and that's honestly some of the most the toughest um compositions are not like everyone's like these Insane assassins, um, but that they're all boosted by this support that knows how to make the best of their party. You know, and it, it makes everyone else feel good too. You know, I mean, no one will be mad at you for making their turn even cooler.
1: No, I or like I said, nobody, nobody's like, oh, you're not doing enough damage when you suddenly hand the bow back to them so that they can do the killing. you know, the final kill. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it, it definitely you don't steal. I, I say it, I don't steal the, the limelight, but there's definitely moments because I'm doing the really unusual thing in the combat that I'm not just, you know, okay, I, I attack this, this person instead I'm like, okay, I'm going to like, I'm going to run over here and I'm going to try and like, you know, tip this over. I'm going to try and move this or I'm going to get, you know, and those are the things that I think are bringing a more interesting twist to the combat story so that combat isn't just a big math, problem that we're rolling dice to solve, you know, trying to reduce a certain number to zero as quickly as we can, but yeah. instead it becomes this, like this sort of creative, like how are we using the, 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 battlefield? How are we moving around? Um, you know, what, you know, am I making it easier for our rogue to hide? Is there ways I can take the help action so that our source work can connect with her, her witch bolt, which is a difficult spell to use great if you can finally get it off but if you miss with it it's okay and there goes the spell slot it's It's okay if you get it off it it, it's a very demanding spell um yeah and and all the more reason why like helping out what can i do to help um true what can i do to make things you know work better Grappling um, a target so it doesn't run away from its range. Yeah, or, grappling's tough though like when you're, your strength's at, eight. Yeah, true, uh, but
0: then think again. Su- support comes in many shapes and sizes. Sometimes sure. grappling, seen as quite aggressive, could be the support solution that you need that isn't doing damage right. but is helping everyone else. Right? I mean, that's the real definition of support, not well. Just I was, buffing I was or healing, thinking but about
1: making it easier. You know, I was thinking about getting um, sort of getting a length of rope and like using it to like tie well i've got the mending spell so i'm always trying to think of a way to use mending i was thinking about getting a like a piece of rope tying it in like sort of a a tight little loop and then cutting it Mm. and then like running up putting it around somebody's like ankles and then mending it right um you know just so suddenly they'd be like restrained by a cantrip spell I don't know. I'm trying to think of ways like in the game too.
0: Well, mending takes a minute. So to, oh, doesn't. Okay. Forget that. Have to idea, prepare in advance. That's like,
1: that's a little long. Don't walk. Been, don't, move, an don't move. I gotta, I gotta keep concentrating this for a whole minute. People go like, Oh, this is a broken bear trap. And you're just like seconds so, away from, but finishing so maybe I can use an action. I could use an action, tie a rope to somebody's ankle. I don't know. Sure. Sleight of hand check probably or something. Yeah. Yeah. Against an acrobatics check. I mean, maybe why not. Um, but
0: I, I don't want people to think if they're a fighter that they can't support. You know, there's, again, still grappling, still knocking people prone, yeah. still sh- like you know, like shoving people, still disarming people. Like, there's things you can do that aren't just damage that make everyone else have a fun time, too. I mean, helping even is is a very potent. I mean, if you're a battle master, you think about commander strikes and things like that, right? I mean, there's so many options you can do to let other people act or act with better or
1: whatever, right? Yeah, like, the, the knocking prone thing is great. If you have got a bunch of other melee fighters with you, um, as somebody quite strong, if you knock somebody down, especially depending where you are in the initiative order of things, Mm. if you think by doing so, you can allow a couple other, uh, characters to get advantage on their attack rolls against the prone creature, Mm. um, that'd be great. It's not hard for something to stand back up, but there goes half its movement as well. So if you're trying to keep it from r- running away or something, um, those can be sort of useful for sure. sure. Very true. Uh, and I think, yeah, a lot of people don't don't look at all of the potential actions that they can take on their turn. And it's, uh, it's in the player's handbook. It's, uh, And I think it's important to sort of have a look at those because I think a lot of people do just... Mm. You know. skim through it
0: yeah like th- there's more like improvised actions that interact with the terrain i mean you mentioned the idea of trying to pry open doors to give other people all the ways to shoot in or to create cover i mean you think about the use of certain spells to protect allies you know um you could say, say someone's under the water right and you want them to be protected i mean you could. Theoretically, use shape water to make the water opaque. Or if it's impossible to see through the water, use shape water to make it clearer. You know, like there's even these are support things that are much more utility oriented. And then you start thinking of classes like Artificer or Wizard that start to jump to mind. Even things like Sorcerer to some extent. Um,
1: well, I can do uh, that sort of thing. You know, uh, there's other things we can do. Like if I'm deciding that I, my damage output is always going to be zero anyways. Sure. And my job is to try and make other people's damage output better. If I, I could search for somebody who's, uh, for an enemy that's hiding. Sure, yeah. I could, I've got, a, especially my knowledge domain. Broadcasting locations. I'm very good at, like, my perception score is mm. fantastic. Um, as is my insight, uh, and depending how your DM lets you play insight, you can sometimes get tactical reads on what uh, what the baddies are trying to do or might do next. Mm. Uh, using things like that to try and, yeah, tip off the rest of your party. Um, you yeah. know, what they could do, help orchestrate the, you know, movement of people, um, get the chatter going, get like people talking a little bit more, giving sort of some direction use, you, you know, cause you don't have a, even if the DM's like, well, I'll take your action to do that. Well, great. Cause I didn't have a weapon attack <laughs> planned. So Yeah um and it's it's strange I have to say it is weird the first few games you play when the fights come up and you're like okay what am I doing to do I'm I'm dodging I guess I'm helping these are really odd things to be you know these are usually like rare moves for I think most players and mm-hmm. when it becomes your stock move like that you're doing every game um yeah something you start finding the creativity with that and it starts to go up and Yeah, I really, really, really recommend everybody try to play uh, something that isn't just about dealing damage. Mm. And there's some some things that, like, how do I do this? I don't think I made a character
0: that's doing this right now. How could I do this more? Well, one, there's, of course, actions everyone can take, like we've been saying, things you can do. But if you want to start thinking about feats or things that could start being a little bit more helpful, uh, if you're a halfling, uh, consider taking bountiful luck for your next feat. Uh, Which allows you to essentially um, give your halfling lucky feet to everyone else, Um, which is very cool. Whenever anyone rolls a nat one while within 30 feet, you can use your reaction to let them re roll it, um, which is very cool. Um, It does mean that you lose your lucky until the end of your next turn, Um, but it can be worth it. You know, how many nat ones are coming along, especially in those like clutch moments, Um, really helpful. Like we mentioned before, uh, the chef feet. I don't know if we mentioned it, but. The chef feed is a really key way if you're not too sure. I mean, it's very simple. I mean, already for builds that like favor constitution, uh, this is an option to keep buffing that while giving you some more support stuff. Yeah, we
1: were we were talking. I think maybe just before we started um, about mm. how I was only using healing word, which doesn't do that much in the way of healing. Sure. But that there was the the rogue also took the chef class, the the chef uh, feet so mm. that uh, she can produce. Uh, little tasty treats along oh, the way yeah. for everybody sure. so sort of between the two of us we're we keeping going yes I know you're out there probably all saying you're a cleric you can choose whatever spells you want yeah I suppose you can play D&D in a way that's highly optimized and allows you the highest output <laughs> okay. or you can play D&D in a way that is all about style and not about substance sure true uh, I mean other things you think about you start to think about utility
0: Eldritch Adept there's so many Warlock options that um, for most characters, would be very you know useful to have in terms of helping out your party. I mean, I can think of uses where devil sight could be useful in spotting out and sure. in giving locations of enemies. I can think about times where um, having the ability to create sudden illusions to make cover. Well, there's an argument about whether it actually creates cover or not, um, blocking line of well, sight. Well, security,
1: security is like you can still hide it if you're like heavily I mean, exactly. giving places people to hide. Um, giving, but you often mm, it's difficult to attack out of he- being heavily obscured. Distracting, um, depending on whether you can see out of it or not,
0: or how exactly. well you can see through it. um Scaring people. Off. I mean, there's there's so many different options with ultra chat up that it's it's always fun to consider. I mean, we talked about grappling, but Taking the grappler feed, if you are one of those strength-based characters, and just being a barbarian that uses their rage every single turn to just grapple people and knock them prone and keep them there the whole time, you know? Just shut people down while everyone else wails on them, or if you've got ranged friends, keep them, hold them up, you know, and and then just use your turns to help, you know? Um, At lower levels, you're going to quickly run out of rages because you're not attacking people. But if you keep trying to grapple and maintain those grapples or shove people or whatever it might be, then your rage does stay up, because those are special attacks. Um, Not every attack has to deal damage. It's true. Um, Or if you're even just provoking the attacks, uh, you're keeping that rage up as well. Um, So goading people into doing that is always cool as well. Um, Of course then, the idea of the whole grappler thing with both of you being restrained is a little bit more acceptable. Because if you're not too worried about needing to make attacks, yeah. every single round then suddenly being restrained is not the worst thing in the world no. um, which is something to consider of course inspiring leader um, between bouts of combat uh, or even before big things like that giving people temp HP um, especially if you're a more charisma oriented character um, linguists where you this is more of a, a niche one where you could theoretically give like make a secret code with your party um especially for more intrigue based campaigns could be very useful um in terms of having secret language or codes or things that let you communicate and battle in ways that you couldn't normally um i mean now i'm sort of stretching it a little bit but you 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 start to think you know how can i support my party especially if you're a more intelligent based caster um like a wizard or artificer
1: yeah Cons- and i think that's what we want to do and and encourage in d d is you know is to try and find ways we stretch things and make them a little bit more creative and make them a bit more fun mm-hmm. and not stretch them to be overpowered but stretch them to be unique to the story in the game that we're playing unique to the characters that we've created and make for the experience at the table to be different from really any other time that we've ever played mm. yeah uh you mentioned things like observant I don't know whether it include
0: poisoner because it is more of a damaging thing, but the even being able to poison enemies uh, can be very useful in that sort of sense um, if you can pull it off. But again, maybe save that for people who are built in that. And then you think, okay, well, what? I mean, there's so many spells as well that are. Um, I mean, we mentioned bless, but you think of things like um, a little higher level beacon of hope, aid,
1: shield Ooh, of faith, can't guiding wait bolt. Wait I get there. Those are gonna be great ones. Haste. Not so much guiding no. bolt though. Um, Guiding Bolt seems too aggressive Oh, well, you give people advantage. I mean, then think about
0: Fairy Fire. How about Fairy Fire? Fairy Fire know? is fun one. Do um, clerics
1: get Fairy Fire?
0: Yeah, uh, n- I think some clerics do. Not all, though. Um, my favorite one, polymorphing someone and then cast Animal Messenger. I think if you take Fae Touch, don't you pick it up? Mm, oh, yeah. Yeah, I believe you can. Uh, That's a F. beat. Well, weirdly, it's not on the list for buff spells, which you think it would be, but... Maybe I'm just organizing it by wrong, but, um, yeah, uh, but this is just, we're just listing these to show you how many options there are there. I mean, even, like, spells you wouldn't typically assume with support, like, freedom of movement, you know, things like that, like, freeing, or, or on your turn, is someone grappled, break them free from the grapple, even if you're not that strong, I mean, so they don't waste their turn, maybe you could get them out. And that way, they don't need to spend their burn their whole turn trying to get free. Yeah, you know, my my strength. Shove them free, you know. But
1: uh, interestingly, uh, we also have a we've been riding horses, so we we seem to enter combat every turn with these four horses, which I'm a little worried about. Like, I sort of feel like the way that DM puts the horses on the board every time. He's trying to kill them. I'm thinking he's he's definitely and and they actually did take some attack like damage a couple of times. So this last uh, combat. Myself and the the sorceress, we both, uh, while the rest of the, you know, super fighting party, part of the party, mm. you know, launched in combat, we uh, we moved the horses back to a safe distance and tied the reins together. Yeah. <clears throat> so that helped. Um, True. So the horses stayed well out of combat this time. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, this is the, this is the advantages of having somebody else on the table who isn't attacking. Now, you might think that that, this is going to mean where our overall damage output is going to be way down, but you know, cleric still, cleric still has superpowers now and then. We uh, we seem to be fighting a fair number of uh, of undead mm. in this uh, this campaign. So, hey, channel divinities are still a thing. Hey, sure. Uh, I mean, turn undead, and yeah. And if you get yourself right in the middle of that, every undead creature within thirty feet has to make a save, which can send half the board mm. easily scurrying off and well hey now you've just eliminated half the hit point pool on the table in yeah. one turn true take that fighter pretty cool uh, um, so, but that's yeah. more niche and with undead specifically Perhaps. But uh, you know and, and I, I, I wonder as well if I could build a better support character with another class and I don't know if I could I think somehow that there's something about the cleric that is a really great class to build the sort of niche support and I mean uber support character out of uh, in many ways. They, they really do. Probably, you know, I, Druids have got the healing and things as well, but at some point you're going to be tempted into wild shaping and maybe you just use your wild shape for you know recon or things like that. I suppose it's possible, but typically you end up, I see a lot of druids tanking at some point mm. with their wild form which i don't blame them why not especially if you're circle of moon yeah but uh but yeah i think support wise the clerics and and knowledge to is a funny little one it's i think an often neglect corner of the cleric world <sighs> not if you're trying to make the most insane
0: skill build ever I mean, I made a um, well, but that here's the skill build, which was just crazy
1: okay. But here's here's the thing. That, well, and that's true, at second and level. it's even true about mine. Like, I have to say that while I may not dominate on the battlefield, I don't really. I, mm. Like I said, wait, I don't even try to. off the battlefield yeah
0: suddenly you find that you're quite good i'm almost
1: know. got the best proficiencies at everything <laughs> when you don't need dexterity or strength and if or not if not the so best much. i'm only one less on, on suddenly things, you're like yeah almost I mean,
0: across the board i built a, a very crazy. supportive uh character that was a rogue cleric mm. um that was had five expertises at second level and five additional proficiencies to boot uh, and only one negative um ability which was that of strength um in the athletics and couple so, more levels of bard and get pick up half proficiency and everything else, you yeah. And you'd I be mean, done. charisma's pretty bad, but still, I mean, well, take. I mean, even getting into more pre- higher proficiency bonuses, suddenly those plus sevens at second level start turning into eights, nines, tens very quickly, and your DM's yeah. like, "What's happening? How is this? How, is, how are you so skillful?" And the and the passives are way off the roof too, um, in terms of those things that you'll notice, but. Those are just some suggestions for making some more supportive characters. If I can make a a funny um, ID combo for you. Say your wizard or, someone, or your sorcerer casts Polymorph, right? Yeah. And they get it off, right? And it's like, well, what do we do now? We don't want to hit it. We, we just wanted to get rid of this thing, right? My suggestion is that you cast Animal Messenger if you are a bard, druid, or ranger, which essentially if they're a, a tiny little squirrel, blue jay, or bat, or similar tiny creature, you can specify a location and a recipient um, and a message, and they got to immediately fly
1: 50 miles every 24 hours. Um, to reach that destination. To reach the destination. So if you know the world fairly well, and you can pick a capital city on the other side of the world with a king or somebody in it.
0: Well, if it's within 50 miles.
1: Oh, it's only up to 50 miles. Because then, then the spell up. ends and they, they Oh, revert, I see. Something. Right. i right. oh, get it.
0: Plus the polymorph will probably end a bit sooner anyways. Um, so that's a good way to get them 50 miles away from you. Yeah, pretty quickly. I mean, Polymorph was what? One hour? Is that a, so really, they just fly uh, away from you for an hour. But still,
1: still, I mean... You can specify any point. Then anywhere An hour that you, that's away, away ways from away, you? That's pretty good. That starts heading for an hour. That's the thing about Turn Undead, mind you. It, they only run away at full speed for one minute, so 10 rounds. So they're, by the time that wears off, yeah, combat's probably over, but they're not far away, so you probably want to leg it mm. out of there before they come back. True. Um, and they may still be chasing you for a while
0: still though unconventional um oh and at higher levels you could increase the duration um to like it increases by 48 hours for each slot level above second which just feels like animal cruelty at some point making (laughs) a poor bird fly for
1: days yeah it's if it wasn't you know the fact that you just you know turned the tarasca into the blue jay then well sure i mean you want
0: a true polymorph if you want it to to stick but um
1: well, and if you're fighting a Tarask, let's hope you do.
0: Yeah, um, but those are just some funny little tips, and maybe something to consider if you are feeling useless at the table, because there's always a use.
1: Yeah, nobody's useless at the table. Um, you just need to be creative. You just need to be aware of the amazing array of other actions you can take, uh, mm. and and not be and not be embarrassed to take a really good dodge uh oh yeah or a really well-placed help um really just look at the people that you're sitting with and think who here would really like to hit on their turn yeah and they all would so everyone any any one of those people will be glad that you you jump in there so Mm. don't worry about it
0: but also don't feel restricted by the class that you're playing every class that i could possibly think of has an option for supporting and helping out no matter who you are There's a way that you could help the party do even better than they're currently doing, you know. And some of them are more limited. Others, like I think Monk and Rogue, definitely aren't the ones helping everyone out. Um, Those are the ones that are wanting to do things themselves uh, in many situations. But like even Paladins with a lay on hands, just spending your turn curing a disease or a poison or uh, giving people most people who play Paladins though want to want to swing their swords. But, I mean, there's so many other things you can use your paladin slots for. Like, you don't even need the heavy armor. Ditch it, you know?
1: Ditch the heavy armor. Go
0: Oath of Heroism and move with the wind and heal everyone. um, Help everyone out. I mean, the amount of buff spells paladins get is is amazing, you know? Um, I'm thinking, again, we mentioned some ideas with Fighter, but the things you can do with Wild Shape to help people out as well in certain scenarios... um, I could think of like a big giant ape swooping in and being much stronger than most of the party members to try and yoink someone out of another creature's grasp or like a, even a toad swallowing something, you know, you're not doing the most damage, but suddenly you've got an enemy you've off, restrained the field, somebody you know. off the field. Um exactly. Or even with that bite that grapples people.
1: I mean, yeah. think about things like that, how to set that up. Um Yep, absolutely. And and you know, remember cover. Oh um yeah. Yeah. You know, finding a way to well, cover either to give the rogue something to hide behind, but give anybody something to hide behind. You know, three-quarters cover gives you a plus five to your AC and dexterity saving throws. Mm. Plus five. True. Use cover. Please, people. Like, think about cover. It's so powerful. Very powerful. Plus five is enormous. Um, so, yeah, it, if somebody's willing to spend their turn to, you know, flip a table on end or something. Oh, yeah. ta Boom. Cover. Um, now, okay, if not everywhere you go, there's a table waiting, but ask, ask your DM what's what's in the, you know, what yeah, exactly. What in the surrounding area here? What is there that I could use? Suddenly Mold Earth has a much more distinct oh, yeah. purpose. Yeah, if you can use some a spell like that to help create a bit of cover, things yeah. like that, it's a great idea. Plus five, and even half cover's plus two. Mm. So, yeah, think about it
0: sure anyways thanks for listening to us ramble on about how you can make everyone else's day a little bit better at the at the table if if people especially if you see someone frustrated they're not getting the effects that they want off yeah cause,
1: and a lot of people do yeah. get frustrated when they haven't been hitting very much they feel like their dice are against them tonight or whatever they've been missing yeah um give them yeah. that extra chance do whatever you can to to boost their day
0: yeah take the help action you know
1: yeah take no. the dodge action
0: you know get into it's, flanking position grapple someone yeah all those things consider it
1: use thaumaturgy to scare somebody
0: sure or thaumaturgy to inspire someone
1: Mm, that's a nice idea or alert very far away that they're over here they're over here (laughs) um or often make a sound of like uh an owl bear coming out of the woods rustling in the just out out of sight or make little goblins goblins are more cowardly than you might think (laughs) true true They will run from bigger threats.
0: All right, folks. Thanks for joining us on this episode as we talk a little bit about supports. I hope this was useful to some of you out there um, and that you can consider being whatever it might be, healer, buffer, cover, helper. It's all good out there. Have a great week, folks. Have a great week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.